Welcome back to the Fantasy Footy Brains podcast. Boys, we are back for another Teamless Tuesday. Daniel, Lockie, how are we, gents? Yeah, good, man. Great demo. Glad to hear it, boys. I'm, uh, I'm all settled in. I'm excited, boys. It's going to be a big one, magic round. I've got my cup of tea ready. I'm, I'm excited, lads. Um, boys, let's get into it. Uh, so we've got the Tigers and the Knights uh, in the first clash. No Thursday night games. So it's a Friday match. Uh, not that that means anything for fantasy. Uh, boys, just before we get started, I want to give a quick shout out uh, and uh, kind of a thoughts and prayers thing for for Adam Dewey. Uh, best wishes from the pod. There's nothing wrong with him. He just play for the <laughs> Tigers. Uh, <laughs> no, Adam Dewey. Sorry, mate. It is what it is, buddy. But we're, our, our thoughts are with you. Um, now, getting let, let's uh, let's get into it with the with the Tigs. Um, obviously, Dewey moving out of six and into the centers. Um, Few others just somehow by some miracle Joey Leather was kept his spot. I don't know. I don't know. Go figure with that one. Uh Mbai goes into six. Um Luke Brooks again holds his spot at seven as well. Um we got big ones. Sean Bloor comes uh comes onto the bench. Uh as well. And then Jacob Little comes into the side. Jake Simpkin drops down to the extended bench. Uh Jock Madden comes into the side as well. Uh Stefano Utukamanu goes to back to the reserves. Uh Tom Tillau comes back. Zach Sini's Gornski's. Um, after an absolute shocker last week uh, against the Titans, poor bugger. Um, and then for the Knights, there's a few, obviously, um, Braden Musgrove. Uh, he's been named but may or may not play. A uh, couple of rib injury. Uh, Stafford Toa keeps his spot, uh, uh, retains his place on the other wing. Um, uh, after Heimel Hunt was out. Uh, otherwise, that's uh, that's the team, boys. Um, let's get into it. Daniel, I'll throw to you first, mate. Uh, talk us through it. Yeah, wow. The buddy Madge has made some decent changes to this squad. Um, yeah, like you said, Zach Sini, a lot of people brought him in for, for coverage for Hampton last week when he got injured. And um, yeah, about 10% of teams within the competition that have Sini are going to be very disappointed now that he's been dropped. Obviously, he had that um, very good game when he first came in two weeks ago, but last week... Oh, the weekend just gone. Man, he had a shocker. Um, finished with a negative one or two, which is, yeah, not not great. Um, although he probably had a low break even and still met it. He, yeah, he's definitely a sell if you still have him. I think it was just um, a temporary measure to have him in while he had some plays in the, the back line out there. But now that Adam Dewey's moved into centre and Madge is thinking of that as a long-term option, um, and if, sorry, if he thinks of that as a long-term option, who knows, he might change it back next week, then it probably doesn't look um, look good for Sini, probably curtains for him. Um, a lot of people will be disappointed with uh, Simpkin out of this squad, as well as me, and I'm sure yourself, Burma and Mooney. So, um, I uh, yeah, I don't know what to think of it at the moment. Little back into the squad, Jock Madden on the bench, Sean Bloor there as well on the bench, which is a bit disappointing not to see him start, but I'm sure he'll probably get a starting spot soon. Um, a lot of new players into the squad, a lot of current cheapies out in the way, in the, in the like, sorry. <laughs> I need to <laughs> get my head together here. <laughs> yeah. So I'm thinking like Utakamanu, uh, Simpkin, uh, Dewey moving to the centers is going to drop points. Laurie's been really rough recently so yeah look i don't know what to make of this squad at the moment i'm kind of disappointed in a lot of the the changes magis made from a fantasy point of view um yeah look moon do you want to do you want to talk to it because i'm uh i'm bitterly disappointed don't know what to say yeah look um simpkin being out is going to kill a lot of a lot of um teams here i think but that's all right um i think pretty well covered it all with the tigs um 
they're just a fancy nightmare, that team at the moment. You know, as Tom mentioned, poor Adam Dewey has to pay for the ticks, but not only does he have, just have to play for the ticks, he has to play in his non-preferred position at, in centres, um, where, you know, he's been killing it all year in the halves, so poor bloke. Um, but to the Knights, um, yeah, look, much of the same here for, for the Knights. Um I do expect a few a few big scores from some of these from some of these boats coming up against a Tiggs team that hasn't really been playing um, together a whole lot this year with you know the likes of Jock Madden and Sean Bloor and most of them by going to the halves. Um, I suppose the biggest talking point for fantasy is Connor Watson um, and the inclusion of Lachlan Fitzgibbon and Mitch Barnett and their little reshuffle. Um, Connor Watson, I think he played 40 minutes last week for a fantasy score of 43. Um, I wouldn't be too discouraged by that. I think that Lachlan Fitzgibbon still uh, he might, has a chance of not playing 80. Um, and Mitch Barnett perhaps, you know, shifting back to an edge and Connor Watson coming and playing in the middle or something on those lines. I, I don't know. Or, you know, Connor Watson's coming in and defending on an edge, something like that, and um, being an attacking player um, through the middle like he has been. I, I wouldn't be too... Um, concerned about that for the moment. Um, Connor Watson's still ticking along nicely and I'm sure that everyone has um, bigger issues everywhere else in the team than to be looking at Connor Watson as an upgrade to a gun. So, um, look, I am looking forward to seeing Bradman Best hopefully bounce back from a few disappointing fantasy scores as well. Um, he, what, 21, I think he scored on um, the other day. So, against a pretty poor Raiders team. So I think against the Tees, he could be out for a field day. And same with Caleb Ponger as well. Um, yeah, look, so what I'm just trying to say is that um, the Knights team to go big, 1-17. to 17. Get them in. Boy, oh boy. Madge has done a number on you fellas. Gee, because I, sh- I should have started with a different game. Where were you? <laughs> Left me absolutely speechless. I, I can't believe it. Team's um, in shambles. Yeah, it is what it is, boys. What can we do? Um, it's it's not how I'd handle it, you know. That's that's all I'm saying. Get me get me in the coaching, and and I'll sort it out, boys. Don't worry, I'm available. Look, Give me a call. We can only hope that the Knights put fifty on him this week, and he just changes it back to normal. Let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a pessimistic human. Um, <laughs> I'd no. say that's optimistic. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Depends on. It's all about point of view. Uh, next game, uh, Broncos versus Sea Eagles. Uh, interesting game uh, in the sense that could Tommy break another record against uh, the Broncos after they got absolutely destroyed by the Cows? Um, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, boys, we, we've uh, we've shattered their confidence. So I reckon uh, I reckon the Sea Eagles that they're, they're on here. Uh, basically, for the um, uh, for the Sea Eagles, uh, Pasek has been named uh, after copying some head knocks. Uh, Got to go through protocols, though. Uh, Marty Tapao also comes back. Uh, Sean Kepi back to the interchange. Um, uh, Zach Sadler to the extended bench. George Tafua drops out of the squad. Curtis Sirenen, there was a bit of hope that he was going to come back, but uh, looks like that's still another uh, week or so away. Uh, now for the Bronx. Um, bit of a heartbreaker last week, boys, with um, Paddy Carrigan. His season's done with an ACL. Uh, one of the good guys of the league, which is disappointing. Um, but Flegler comes into the 13 role for him. Uh, John Asiata comes back into the side uh, on the interchange bench. Um, there's there's potentially some mail around uh, the young fellow, Brandon Piacora, uh, whether or not he makes his debut or not um, remains to be seen. Um, he's in the reserves, but you know, there's mail he might get a like, call up, but unsure. Um, I think for the Bronx, that's 
it. Um, yeah, that's it, boys. Uh, Mooney, get into it for me. Yeah, I'll talk about the this Broncos outfit um, to start off with. Um, yeah, no, not too much um, change here. I suppose they, they're looking like they're starting to find a little bit of... Um, a little bit of click here between this halves combination, Milford and Gamble. And I think I mentioned um, on the last potty and maybe the one before that this is probably the halves pairing they're going to stick with. Um, Gamble hasn't looked too bad, to be fair. Um, and Milford's been, you know, I guess kind of solid. Um, hasn't really offered heaps, but I don't think that they've got anyone better really to drop him for. So they're kind of going to stick with these two, um, I think. So Gamble's an interesting price at, I think, three. Ten um, minutes or so, then he's. Um, I would expect him to score around the fifty or fifty-five. He seems to go a point per minute, if not a little, uh, a little better than. Um, so, yeah. Otherwise, I think he's probably going to play around the forty minutes, like what um, Paddy Carrigan was and Payne Haas, just sort of reaping the rewards of that and getting you know his sixty minutes, like he has been. Um, Jakey Turpin's another interesting one. He played eighty last week with Danny Levi only playing two minutes. Um, I think it's sort of going to be a week-by-week week case with Jay Turpin. Um, in those sort of closer games, I think that they like the like the cool head on Jay Turpin maybe more than Danny Levi. I'm not unsure. I'm a little bit confused as to what they're what they're doing there. Um, but I wouldn't be rushing into buying him by any chance. If you if you have him, you can. He's a risky hold at this stage. Um, Jay Turpin. I do. Do you boys agree with that or? Yeah, I'd agree. Still be He's selling him absolutely. I'm, I'm still leading more towards a sell with him, just because you know Levi could take 40 minutes off in one game, and then he Turpin could play 80 the next. Like you just don't know, and it's a lot of cash to be risking in Turpin to keep him there and um have him sitting on the the bench, maybe scoring you a 50 one game and then a 20 the next. Like it's a big risk. Yeah, I agree. I'll let you carry on with um with man. I don't really have anything more to to add. You know, TPJ. I'm excited to see how he goes against a, you know, probably a better outfit. And you know, going to be running at potentially Olakatu. Um, I guess. I just oh, even better. Thought. He's running at foreign. That's better. Just, just in regards to what you said, Moon, about um about Tommy Flegler being a trap. I think I think even more so because remember we still got um. Uh, Alex Glenn to come back as well, so I think Glenn and Ricky might be the back rowers, and then TPJ moves to the middle. So I think I think if you think of Flegler, I just think it could yeah it could be even more of a trap than you know initially thought. Yeah, I did talk about that last night, and I, I wasn't entirely sure considering that. Um, I did think that Glenn could come in and take Ricky's spot, and TPJ stays at twelve because he's been so good, and I really like watching him run it. You know, tiny little halfbacks. 
Um, and Tommy Flegler, if he plays pretty well, I think you could see him keep this spot. Um, a few years ago, I think he, I don't remember, I'm just remembering before Pat Carrigan, he was playing, he, you know, got a few minutes at, um, at lock and wasn't playing too bad. Um, so I don't know. I, it'll be interesting to see what they do, but who knows with this, with this Broncos outfit. Um, also my, they've my... got, um, they've got Tessie new in the reserves. I know it's outside of the 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 kind of forward pack that would you were just discussing but um no no you're right he could play lock too (laughs) keep an eye out for him because i know a lot of people are eyeing off jesse arthur's as an option this week so you never know yeah yeah sorry um yeah so anyway tom trebojevic man uh he can play football eh um <laughs> two tries and four try assists on the weekend looked just amazing made uh jason saab look even better which is very hard to do so um yeah trebojevic oh, looks like a that. friend of the show what's that oh, friend of the show though not that jason oh my goodness <laughs> Oh Sorry, he's goodness. a good Saab's a very good finisher, but Jeezy leaves something there in defence. So, um, yeah, fair enough. Good to good to see. Hopefully, he improves that area of his game. Um, anyway, so yeah, Trebojevic. I know we've been talking us three about him being like that level below, but for the what he's been doing for Manly for the last couple of weeks since he's been back, he looks like he's that top rung uh, winger fullback at the moment. Um, he just seems to be in everything that they're doing attacking. Wise and I mean it even shows when DC is struggling to score points in fantasy, even though he did get a, a sixty on the weekend. I think, um, yeah, you, you must be doing something right to keep him out of the game and um, having a half as dominant as DC normally is when he's quiet. That's obviously he's doing something good. So um, yeah, Trebojevic looks like a genuine out-and-out gun, and you buy him sooner rather than later because he's going to shoot to seven, eight hundred k in no time. I think he's just over six hundred at the moment, so definitely worth a pickup. Um, the man I was talking about, Jason Saab, a lot of people probably had him from the start, and he's made a, a trickles of cash throughout the, the last nine rounds, but um, just this round, I think he got 40k in price rises or something like that. Um, made a decent chunk of his cash last round, and he's got a break-even of negative 16, I think, at the moment. So um, He made about 70k. Uh, yeah, see? Like, yeah, he's made a, a ton of cash. Yeah, he made 72. Prior to that, over the, the last eight rounds, he made 5k. So there you go. <laughs> so yeah, look, I wouldn't say he's a buy. Um, it's definitely he's been afforded those opportunities from um Turbo and the players around him. But if he can continuously keep finishing off tries and being there, um, when Turbo makes breaks and things like that, um, he could be a benefactor of that. He's still quite expensive, so I wouldn't go out and buying buy him at three hundred and seventy k. I think he is. But um, if you have him, good job. You held him for longer than the rest of us did, so um, you're reaping those rewards now. Um, outside of that, I think that's pretty much it. Schuster had a pretty much below average score, but he's still going to keep making price rises, still a mainstay in this squad. Jake Trebojevic has been doing quite well since Turbo's back in the squad, you know, getting up around the, the 50 to 60 mark again, which is good to see. I still wouldn't pick him up just yet. Um, probably not the upper echelon of middles that you want. I think you probably want 60 plus, uh, given the recent scores from some players. Um, that's probably where you want your middles to be at. Um, and no sign of Curtis Sirenen yet. So Ola Kawatu is still going to have a few more price rises in him, even though he's only getting around the 30, 30 to 35 points a game. He's still, you know, um, bringing in a little bit of cash. So he's still a hold until um, Sirenen's back. But that's about it for the for the Manly side. Just on um, Jake Trebojevic, I um, spoke a little bit about him last night. And he's at 610k. And he does typically play better when... Um, 
when Tom's in the team. And he had a, actually had some attacking stats on the weekend. He had two line break assists, um, maybe a tackle break as well, I don't know. But if he if he's up and around up and about um, you know, in these attacking um plays, do you not see Jack Dwovic as sort of, you know, at six hundred ten Kahoo someone who could be scoring around the the fifty five mark consistently every week? He's not someone that you'd be bringing in? I I I don't know. I think I'm a bit more skeptical because he's always hit around the 55 to 60 mark. Like even last year, he always hit around that mark and he was probably, you know, only five to six points higher or lower than that um, of a game. But this year he's been a lot lower than that, than normal, like with scores around the 30 and 40 mark. It's a bit, um, a bit worrying. And that 31 was when Trebojevic was back. So um, yeah, still not enough consistency there for me to jump on him quite yet, I'd say. Uh, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough, gentlemen. I think uh, Tohu Harris has been a lot more consistent. He's probably one that I would look at, even though he's more expensive. I think you're wrong, but that's fine. You know. And that's a, that's, a, just a 200, that's a 200K difference. He's not a bit more expensive. Hang on. <laughs> if, we're, if we're talking for the sake of five, maybe five points... Yeah, but you've want, you want we probably four middles, right, at the end of the season, and do you want the thing you've got to think about is, do you want Jake Trebojevic to be one of those four? Potentially. I mean, I think, I don't think he's going to be a bad option. Like for 610K, someone who just sits in your reserves um, and is pottering along scoring your fifties or something like that. If you're upgrading and you haven't got like the cash to go up to someone like a, um, a Tohu Harris, um, you know, I don't think it's the worst option. Um, yeah, look, even if, like, let's say you're upgrading it's like a Dane Laurie to someone who's going to be more consistent than, than what he is. And, look, Dane Laurie's ceiling is probably around Jake Dvojevic's average. Um, so, and that's probably, I think Dane Laurie's at, like, 5.30 or something along those lines. Uh, let me have a look. 5.01 for Dane Laurie. 5.01. So that's 100, 110K, 109K. Um so if you just had a lazy 120k sitting in the bank and you can't you can't really get up to anyone you know decent keeper level, Jake Dvorak surely isn't a bad option. Yeah, but then you're asking people to trade a winger for a middle, and people are running low on wingers right now. And you've got you know you've got two wingers sitting on your bench. You know, like, let's say Papi and Latrell come back, and you've got Turbo and Teddy because you know you brought them both in while they were cheap, and you held on to Papi and. Um, and Latrell or something like that, and then you've suddenly got Loris, so you've got five wing of fullbacks. It's a very niche situation, but I'll allow it. It's very uh, relevant to my team. I hope no, you're not looking fair. at it right now. No. <laughs> well, no, actually, but, you know, if that's it, I have seen a few teams on uh, online, and, you know, some people send us our te- their teams, and I think that seems to be their situation. And someone, I, I think that if I was in that sort of situation, I would be upgrading a lorry to someone, you know, in a position that I might need more depth in. And that, for me personally, is a mid. It, like that mids region, and um, because we sort of lacked the the decent cheap mids. Um, yeah, I think you're fair. So, fair uh, so that's just where I see Jake Boy because I I don't think he's a terrible option um, for someone who can just who can sit on your bench and we know where his scores can be at. Yeah. All right, all right, beauty. Jake Boyage, a definite maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate, yes. Well done, boys. Tottenham's going to have his work cut out for him editing out an entire five minutes of moon rambling about Gerbo, but fair enough. (laughs) Yeah, look, get him what you want if you want. It's up to you, so it's fine. (laughs) Excellent summary. (laughs) (laughs) Right, let's get on to Durs versus Dogs. Now, Mooney, I swear to God, if the Raiders don't win this one, 
Wait, uh, how many how, how many multis do you reckon the Raiders are going to ruin this week by losing to the Dogs? Oh, none because we're winning. Don't think about it. <laughs> Don't think about it. Honestly, the amount of perfect perfect tipping yeah, weeks that are going to get ruined. The amount of perfect tipping weeks are going to be ruined by the Durs. Um, oh, there are no, no, no. A bit, a bit of a heartbreaker. Uh, Cole Flanagan, I don't know if anyone saw his press conference today, but that was a, that was a heartbreaker. He's been, he's been hooked, unfortunately. Um, Brandon Wakeham comes into the sixth role. Jack Arullo goes to seven. Uh, Nick Meany goes into the centres. Uh, Corey Allen out. Um, Tui Katoa named on the wing. Uh, Dylan Napa comes back into the side. Uh, uh, Avis Siumanafangai uh, goes back to the bench. Uh, Renoff Tony moves from the bench to the uh, to lock uh, to swap with Corey Waddell, um, and Matt Dory comes in for Offahiki Ogden. So a few changes uh, uh, for the um, for the doggies there. Uh, for the Durs, uh, Jordan Rapana is out. Uh, a Semi Valame comes in. Uh, Hudson Young, your boy Semi D, I, I know you're listening. Uh, goes in, uh, into into lock for Ryan Sutton. Um, Josh Hodgson comes back in. So uh, Bill Earns. To Josh Hodgson, he's ruining Tommy Starling. Um, uh, alongside um, uh, with Dinamis Louis, Ryan James, and Joe Tarpany. Uh, no, sorry, with Joe Tarpany out. Uh, Saliva Hilvili dropping to the reserves. Um, yeah, those are the changes, boys. Daniel, far away. Yeah, look, I don't really want to touch on the dogs team, so I'm going to talk about the Raiders, I think. Perfect. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's, there's a, a a couple of interesting ones there. Josh Hodson joining the bench is, like you said, Burma, really going to hurt Tom Starling. He's looking like a definite buy, um, but I'd still yet to be seeing what Hodgson's kind of role in this team will be. I think Starling's still going to get 50 to 60 minutes if Hodgson moves into hooker, but if Hodgson's kind of sharing that role with Hudson Young at lock or something similar to that um, around the middle of the pack instead of going into that hooker role, Starling still might be a buy. This might be that round that determines whether... Um, most teams probably buy Tom Starling at his price currently because, um, yeah, if he's going to be scoring 60s only at, I think, 450k, he's a definite pickup um, for that number in that number nine role. Um, it'll be it'll be yeah very interesting to see how many minutes Hudson Young gets as well at lock. He's been generally a good scorer when he plays in the middle. Um, in previous years when he's picked up that role, he only played I think there was a two or three games last year where he played there. And he only played 50, 60 minutes, but he picked up 60-odd points as well. So um, if he gets around that 50-minute mark, he'll be picking up plenty of points there as well. So if you've got Hudson Young, that's pretty good. Um, but I don't see him probably playing there long-term. Uh, outside of that, Corey Harawir and Naira have been scoring quite well. I think he got a 46 on the weekend, still quite um, low in price. I think he's still under 400K, correct me if I'm wrong, Moon. Um so he's still definitely a buy. I think hit that one-off when he got a 30 two weeks ago is, yeah, like I said, a one-off. So, um, yeah, still looks like a genuine option. And, yeah, I don't know if I want to touch on many of the other outside backs, really. It's Bailey Simonson had a pretty good game, but outside of that, um, I wouldn't be looking at many of these other guys, even though Burmo's about to talk about Caleb Akins. The goat. Yeah, okay. I had to butt in, <laughs> obviously. Um Anyway, Moon, you can talk about the dogs. Yeah, um, so the dogs. So my boy Nick Totrich has been stitched up here and he's not playing centre this week, which sucks. Um, you can tell I don't have him. I talk about this every week. Put him in the centres. Um, that's fine. That's fine. 
That's fine. Um, <laughs> say Ruth Hill. Yeah, yeah. Look, Jack Cavalier going to seven is pretty big for him. I expect him to sort of direct a lot of this traffic in this dogs team this week. Um, probably going to do all the kicking as well, which is great for his um, fantasy prospects. I think he does most kicking anyway. Last week, I think it was two fifty to one fifty kick meters. Him be. Carl Flanagan, don't know how many Lockie Lewis took away when for his brief stint, but I expect Jake Everly would do the majority of it, um, which is good for him. Sort of a question that I wanted to talk to you boys about. Um, Lukey Thompson, genuine option. Yes or no? Oh, that's yes. a hard question. Said it to you weeks ago. Yeah, I, did. I knew what your stance was. I think, I think I'd rather wait to see how he goes with... Um, Josh Jackson in the squad as well, um, just because Josh Jackson's a very big minute forward as well, um, could take a lot of the tackles and might take some points away from Luke Thompson. But I think he could be the the real deal and a genuine middle option, and I want him to be because his stats are very good. Gets you know forty plus tackles a game, hundred plus meters a game. So um, with those kind of stats, that's at least forty uh, fifty points base. So that's kind of what you want in the middle. Yeah, look, I like him this year. Luke Thompson is genuine, in my opinion. Um, he's already taken all Adam, Elliott, Adam Elliott's workload, and I mean Josh Jackson coming back into this team. I think Luke Thompson will be fine. Heaps, of, heaps of time. Corey Waddell going back to the bench is interesting. That sort of, um, you know, answers what we were talking about over the last few weeks. And Sammy D and I talked about the other night. Um, yeah, I think that. He's he's not going to get the minutes, so yeah, not a pickup considering how cheap he was and how well he was scoring. He needed the minutes to score well, so had two um, knock-ons in two minutes as well on the weekend. Waddell, yeah, that's what you want. <laughs> <laughs> Ideal. Um, otherwise, it's probably about it from uh, this dog's team. I um, yeah, not much more to touch on there. I think. Fair enough, boys. Um... Let's get on to uh, Sharks versus Bunnies. Um, okay, Dugan comes back into the centres for Jesse Ramian. Um, the other one, uh, Andrew Fafita. Love it. He's, he's back, boys. He's back. All those people that brought him in round one and held him, he's about to be paid off because he's coming back through the bench. Boy, <laughs> um, uh, boy. Yeah, boy. Um, Billy Margulius uh, makes way for him. Uh, uh, that's it for Sharks, I believe. Yeah. Uh, for the Rabbits, uh, Adam Reynolds uh, has been named to return. Um, whether or not it actually happens, Wayne Bennett said there's still something, uh, still, still some things up in the air as to whether or not he actually plays. Uh, Benji goes back to 5'8". Uh, Dean Hawkins out of the squad, uh, which means Cody Walker stays at fullback for, for, yeah, for whatever reason. Uh, Tane Milne has been brought into the wing. Uh, Dan Gagai back to the centers. Uh, Stephen Masters goes back to the extended bench. Uh, Liam Knight also goes into lock. Uh, Jairo goes back to uh, the bench. Jaime uh, Sele takes uh, Patrick Mago's place on the bench. Um, boys, me. Get into it. Yeah, I'm going to... Oh, I'll chat about the Sharks. Um yeah, where do I start here? Um, Sean Johnson, as I've mentioned, still one to look at. I think that this is probably one of the weeks that I look at to say, oh, is, is he going to be the real deal this week? Um, bit of a depleted Rabbitohs side. They, they're not sort of playing in their preferred positions. Cody Walker at fullback, you know, they've got some positions they can exploit here a little bit. Um, I don't know, coming off a 15 0 loss, you know, the Rabbits might come out firing, but 
you know, I think this this Sharks team's not. Oh no, nah, I'm not going to say that actually. Um, anyway, look, Sean Johnson. I'm watching him this week. I think. I think he'll go. He'll be better than what he was last week. Surely, um, 39 points in a 48 nil um, in loss. Um, yeah, actually, both these teams coming off a walloping, so it could be a very good game. Just quietly, um, Chad Townsend. Oh, he's at sell. Um, if you haven't already, get rid of him. Um, doesn't matter to bring someone else in. Adam Tolman's been the interesting one for me. Um, he got a 61 last week in, oh, I think he played just over 60 minutes, maybe 65. He's got big minutes anyway, was the point. Um, very interesting prospect. He's going back to doing things that he did with the dogs, just made bolt tackles um, and a decent amount of meters. So, yeah, don't mind that. If he's going to keep getting those, uh, I know there's, there's injuries at this Sharks at the moment, but they're reasonably substantial. So, Hamlin Uelli is probably not going to come out for another month at least if it wasn't longer I don't remember off the top of my head and uh, Andrew Fafita is not going to take heaps of minutes off him anyway um, neither would Jack Williams so I suspect that Aiden Tom will play some decent minutes here lots of tackling to be done um, otherwise Andrew Fafita has been training the house down um, yeah good Since option. pre-season obviously <laughs> yeah. yeah and yeah, it's only in zero point four percent of teams. Can't imagine me playing lots of minutes here this this week though. So Yeah. Um and yeah, Matt Moylan, I think he might be there. Maybe if Matt Moylan's jets into this game, Sean Johnson goes to seven, Moylan comes in plays six, perhaps. Don't really know. Jesse Raymond probably being the big out. If you're a Raymond owner, are you selling four to six weeks, I think the talk was, with a fractured eye socket maybe? Um Yeah, yeah look sell. Six weeks is a long time, and especially when you're coming into origin period and you're going to be missing players, um, probably a sell. Um, fractured eye socket's pretty pretty bad, so yeah, I'd say sell. Mm, I agree. Anyway, talk us through the bunnies. Yeah, look, just before I go... Yeah. Sorry, just before I go to the bunnies, I was going to just touch on the Sharks. Um, we, we were saying that a few weeks ago when Tolman first got named in the front row that he was probably going to be a big minute forward and could possibly go back to the way he's been. He played previously for the dogs as well. So um, now that that's kind of come to fruition, I think he's getting most of his minutes because Moylan's being carried on the bench. Normally you would have an extra front rower there or an extra, some extra forward to take those minutes. Um, and Jack Williams normally rotates with Toby Rudolph. So I don't see how Tolman loses many minutes here. He's probably going to be playing close to 70 um, this week as well, which means he's probably going to be scoring around 60 to 70 points this week, as long as he doesn't have too many missed tackles. Um, the yeah, only thing is Fafita has been a big minute forward in the past, but I don't know. He seems like he's kind of fallen off the rails in terms of his fitness recently, but apparently training the house down, he has been for weeks. Um, that was your so- mail before round one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been nine weeks. Exactly. And we stand by it. <laughs> slow build. Oh, it's been a slow build, boys. Look, um, I don't see him taking huge minutes here for Fafita, but um, they probably when Moylan does eventually drop off the interchange into the reserves and they bring another forward like Magulius or Pele or so, another forward probably um, onto the bench, then Tolman will probably see a reduced amount of minutes. But until then, he's got to be yeah, scoring big big scores with um, 60 to 70 minutes to his name. Anyway, um, to the Rabbitohs. Uh, sucks to see Cody Walker there again. He's definitely... I just don't see him as a fullback. And Johnston, like you've said previously, boys, Johnston's of the obvious choice to fullback here for the for the Rabbitohs and definitely should be there. Um, 
unfortunate to see him on the wing again, but, you know, that's the way it is and the way Bennett's gone. So Cody Walker's probably going to see those scores um, still be quite low and his price is still going to drop over the next couple of weeks while he's still there. When's Latrell back next week, week after? Next week. Next week? Yeah, okay. So he's only there for one more round, so that's kind of good if you still have him. I wouldn't be playing him. Um, Cody Walker, that is. I don't think he's been scoring that well. He's got 26 last round, so he's probably not even a bench spot if you do have him. Probably want him in the reserves um, just to be safe, unless you have got unless you don't have any players at all that you can play. Um, Dane Gagai also had a rough week on the weekend, but didn't play centre. He was playing on the wing, so um, definitely had a re- reduction in the kind of workload that he normally gets through of a game. Uh, I think he only got 17 points, so should see him bounce back this week, which will be good. All he did was uh, watch Adokar run past him six times to score. Yeah. Oh Honestly. Once, though. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> very, very rough. I think, who'd they have on that wing? It was it was Paulo, and then they moved Gagai yeah. out or something like that. Yeah, honestly, whoever it was didn't work. <laughs> yeah, no, Adokar ran absolute riot that game. Um, honestly. Yeah, hang on. I'm curious to see who was actually his centre partner there because it was an absolute shocker. Oh, yeah, Stephen Masters it was. Masters, okay, yeah. yeah. So Masters was on the wing and uh, they moved Gagai out there after two tries, I think, in quick succession. They were like, yeah, not good. Yucky. yucky. Yeah. Um, anyway, outside of that, we'll talk about some of the good news. Damien Cook's been surprisingly good over the last couple of weeks, um, strung a few high 50 scores together, um, which is good to see. Um I think the main thing is you'd want to kind of see that consistently. I know he's done it for a couple of weeks now, but um, when you look at his scores from the first one to six rounds, it's very up and down, you know, a couple of eighties in there, but also a couple of thirties. So um, want to can see that consistent 50 scores from cookies to be an absolute definite option in my squad, especially with some of the gun hookers that are in the game, like your, your Brailies and your Mahoney's um, of the like. So uh, yeah, need to see some consistency there for cookie, but definitely good signs from him. Um, Liam Knight being added as number 13 here is a, a decent shout. I know when Knight gets some minutes, um, he generally does play well, but I think he struggled to get the minutes to, you know, be a big point scorer in the middle, um, normally because he comes off the bench. But I think from his scores this year so far, he's kind of running on average at about a point a minute. So if he can get around the 50 minutes uh, in the middle there, then he might be a decent scorer. Just one to to keep an eye on if he can, you know, keep those minutes there. But um, with Murray not being out long, super long-term, it might not be the best one to go for. Um, but outside of that, I don't see many other big names here. Jai Arrow obviously dropping back to the bench. Bennett prefers him as a as more of an impact forward. And Colin Matungi had a, had a bit of a rough game. When he doesn't get attacking stats, he's not getting big scores. So kind of need the bunnies on the front foot for uh, Keon to get some big scores. So until then, he's going to be sitting around the 30 to 40 points a game. That's it for the bunnies. Love it. Anything else you want to touch on that game, boys? Nah, pretty happy. Good. Main game coming up, boys. Main game coming up. Uh, cows versus Roosters. Um, now, it was a, there was a correction last week. Cows back to winning form. Don't know what happened against the Warriors. It was an anomaly. I can't see it happening again for the rest of the year. Cows are back. <laughs> the ambush continues. I suppose that's why. I suppose that's why, boys, is because if we if we just kept winning in a row, it wouldn't be an ambush. Um... um for the uh, for the cows though, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. We've got an un, uh, unchanged seventeen from last week, but, um, and then for the for the roosters, um, obviously Drew Hot, uh, Drew Hutchison copped that um, nasty double knees directly to his back and got a punctured lung from Dill Brown. 
Um, so Hayes Gornski's lucky lamb comes in for him. Uh, Satili Tupanua back from suspension. Nat Butcher goes back to the bench. Um, Victor Radley, Sam Walker, both carrying uh, injury clouds, but have been named. Um, boys, let's get into it. Daniel, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, I'm kind of keen to talk about the Roosters here. Um, Lockie Lamb back in the squad, probably perfectly timed back from his injury um, to take over from Drew Hutchinson. Uh, compared to where he was and what he was doing for the first few rounds, it looked like Kiri was doing a lot of the work and Lockie Lamb was kind of his sidekick in the halves there. So um, with Sam Walker there, he might need to do a bit more work and kind of carry the squad a little bit more than what he had done previously before he did his knee. So uh, might see a bit of an increased workload from Lockie Lamb, but um, still yet to be seen. Uh, he's, what, about just over 400k, lost a bit of cash from where he started this season, but not much. I wouldn't say he's a buy quite yet, but, you know, if he does get around the 50 mark and maybe improves his workload a bit and gets through a bit more kicking or something like that, he might be a decent option. But until then, um, it's kind of a, a wait and see, see how he goes back from a knee injury. Tedesco is a very, very interesting option this week. So um, obviously everyone needs to have Tedesco in their team before the end of the year. That's just a given, just considering his his ceiling of scores. So um, he's at 580k now, still dropping in cash quickly. Like he lost 40k uh, just the week this week and gone. His break even's at 86 this week. And I see that against the Cowboys, he could definitely be hitting that 86 um, and kind of breaking that drought. Uh, what are you thinking, Mooney? Would you pick up Tedesco this week, or would you still kind of ride the the drop in price? Uh, look, I said this um, three or four weeks ago. Uh, Any time is a good time to bring in James Tedesco. Um, so if you can bring him in now, I would. Um, given his run, I think he's at the Broncos next week. So, um, yeah, two games where he could go massive. Um, so I don't mind it. Yeah, I think I think it's either this week or next week that you're picking up Tedesco. He's definitely going to bounce back sometime within the next couple of weeks. Obviously, it's right before Origin, but given the price he's at, I think he's just too hard to to pass up, especially considering there's not many winger fullbacks um, that are going to score well at that price range at the moment, other than um, well, I think Brimson's kind of at that price range, but um, we'll get into him um, a bit later. Outside of that, in this Roosters team, Crichton had another rough score, but um, I think, like you said on the the pod, the last pod, Moon, um, you kind of you know what you're getting when you buy Crichton. He's going to be an 80 minute player and he's going to score 30s every now and then. But th- then there's going to be those games where he gets the 80s plus. So uh, you kind of just ride the waves with Crichton. He'll definitely get you the points uh, in the long run. So I think that's it for this Roosters team. Yeah, we'll move on to the cows. Um, yeah, Val Holmes. You know, only got a 44 last week, but. You know, he's been averaging 50, 55 and playing at fullback. So we say, we've been saying for the last few weeks, he's not a bad option. Um, Scotty Drinkwater. Yeah, I'm hoping to see him um, up and about. A few more attacking stats from him this week. Uh, it's going to be a very good game, I think. So um, I think that these half, um, yeah, very young, you know, reasonably young halves and, you know, not as experienced. You know, Sam Walker's only... 18, Lockheed Lamb's first year playing, you know, a solid position for this Roosters squad. Scott Drinkwater, it's kind of his first year playing, um, you know, straight up six and the whole year. And Jake Clifford's been in, in and out of this squad. So I think this it's going to be very interesting between these two halves combinations. Um, 
So I'm hoping the Scott Drinkwater's up and about. Really like watching him play when he's on. So and breaking the line, taking the line on. Um, really good to see. So I actually expect him to score a little bit better than what he did last week. He'll bounce back, no problems. Um, but big boy Jason Tamalolo, so good to watch him getting the minutes. Um, geez, 71 minutes, 84 fantasy points. Um, would you boys bring him in? He's probably the cheapest I've ever seen him. I think he's at 700, 726, I think. Um, Lolo. Yeah, 726. 726, yeah. yeah. So would you boys bring him in? Dropped 101K. Um, dropped another 11. His break game's probably around the 65 mark. Off Six, yeah, exactly 60, yeah. I think 60, yeah. He's a, it's a rough one, right? Because he obviously, his first... First round when he played before he broke both of his hands, he got only 50-odd minutes, didn't score well. Uh, only the round just before the one that's just gone, he got 40-odd, 50 minutes, and still scored poorly. And then why has he all of a sudden got 70 minutes in the last game? Um, obviously, the 84 included a try, but even outside that, that's still a 70-plus score. I think I need to see a bit more of him like if he plays 70 again next week I'd be like okay it seems like he 70 minutes that is it seems like he's probably going to be a consistent scorer at that minute mark I guess but I'm still very skeptical and worried that he'll keep getting 70 minutes I don't know it might have just been for the for the Broncos maybe a one-off type thing because Peyton's been screaming to the media that he's, you know, he, he's going to have limited minutes. We've got to manage his workload, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden he gets 70 minutes from nowhere. There, there has to be a reason behind that. So I'm going to wait and see, I think, with Tamalolo. Because he wants to win. <laughs> I was going to say, I think he's sick of losing. <laughs> because yeah, he thought, he thought, oh, shit, that's Jason Tamalolo. He's really good. They won three in a <laughs> row before he came in, like, or, or like before the Warriors game, I guess. But, like... Why? Why now? Like, because what's the pure, reason? pure aggression and arousal can only last so long. Arousal. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, we need we need ways to pick that up. Jason Taumalolo playing most of the game. That's how you pick that up. Well, that's how you replace it. Honestly, it's it's all I can say. Toddy Payton's had a good think, and he thought, "Who's the most arousing man in rugby league other than Connor Watson? We've got him. It's Jason Taumalolo." <laughs> Bang. I'm telling you. Simple Look, as that. Saying, wait and see. Um, that's my call. Get him wait. now. He's as cheap as he'll ever be. He's getting hundreds for the rest of the season. Hat tricks all day. Oh, jeez, I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> lucky moon, my man. Oh, sorry. Continue, continue. Um, yeah, that's about all I had from this um, this Cowboys outfit. I just want to see Jason Tumlow back playing big minutes consistently. Um, I reckon there yeah. should be a petition to get him to play all these games shirtless. Just paint the number on his back. Honestly, the people deserve it. There should there should be there should be one player from each team that's allowed to play shirtless just to just to pique the crowd interest, get the boys aroused. You know what I mean? Oh wow! For me, for me, it's Lolo. <laughs> for for yeah, for for the night, it's got to be kind of Watson. Well, you know that's probably that's probably something we'll talk about. We'll come up with a with a shirt off thirteen. Is this how to get the viewership numbers up? <laughs> oh, just how to get just to, just how to get everything up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, let's uh, <laughs> move on. No bleeping no, required. Seriously. Oh, bloody hell. Um, getting excited. Um, let's move on to something that'll cool us all down Parramatta Eels. Uh, oh, rough. <laughs> sorry. Uh, and uh, and the Warriors. 
Um, could this could actually be a bit of a cracker here? Could be some points in this one. Um, for the Warriors, Ben Murdoch Masilla comes back uh, into the second row. Bayless here and drops to the reserves. Uh, for the Eels, a um, few things uh, up in the air with obviously Reed Marnie with his head knock, so he may or may not play. Nathan Brown again named as well, uh, may or may not play. He was supposed to play last week, but was out again with his hip pointer. Um, and then uh, Dilly Brown out, obviously for almost murdering Drew Hutchison. Um, and then, um, so who's the young fellow that comes in for him? Sorry, it's um, Brad Arthur's young boy. Jacob is it Jake, Jacob, Jacob Arthur. Arthur? Yeah, Jacob Arthur comes in um, into into six for him. Uh, Ray Stone comes in for Hayes Dunster on the bench. Um, that's the team. Sorry, that is the team, boys. Um, there's obviously a few things up in the air because the Eels had a few players out with the COVID bubble and whatnot, and they've had some players rushed in, so things could change. But, um, yeah, and obviously a few things up in the air with injuries, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, Mooney, do you want to get into it? Would love to. Um, I might talk about Parramatta if that's all right, Daniel. Um, yeah, go for it. Yeah, as you said, Tom, I also think there might be a few points in here, so I expect this um, Parramatta, you know, back five all to score reasonably well maybe not Wang and Blake actually you know Fergo might need it depending how Wang and Blake plays um, yeah I actually I think they're all going to score pretty well um, against a very inexperienced um, backline from the Warriors um, yeah could see you could see a clinic put on you know we'll wait and see but Mitchell Moses I think is going to go big here with no with no Dylan Brown um, Mitchell Moses is probably going to have to do He's going to do a lot of the work. Uh, he'll do all the kicking, um, and I expect to see some Moses magic here. Um, ma- magic for magic round, obviously. So um, I expect Moses to go big. Um, I think this will be the turning point of his season where he's going to turn those 50s into 60s and 70s. Um, so something I would love to see. Reed Marnie, if he plays... Um, Oh, he's going to actually drop some cash. He was a little disappointing. 21, I think, on the weekend. And not sure actually how much he dropped. He dropped 51K. Dropped just he got knocked out, though, to be fair. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that it was his yeah. fault. But I'm oh, saying okay. that... Oh, you say, didn't you say a little disappointing? Yeah, it was a little disappointing <laughs> getting knocked out. Because <laughs> I quite like watching Red Marty play. <laughs> Headbutted a knee and then he's gone. Excuse me. I thought, oh, sorry, I thought you said he was a little disappointing. I was like, give the man a break. It was a little disappointing. Yeah, um, no, that's fair enough. That's an important distinction. 51K. Um, Going to have a high as break even, so you should lose some cash. So um, if he's, yeah, down around, if he loses some more money, money and goes down to the 700, 750, he could be one to bring in if he's going to keep playing like he has over the last, you know, eight rounds. Um Which is interesting. Maddo is back. He scored a 70 last week, so... Yeah, it could be a cheeky pod for your for your edges as well. Um, if you've got a, you know, maybe someone to pay David Fafita with or something something on those lines. He's he lost thirteen k last week still, um, but his break even will be um, down a little bit. He's at six ninety two, so very juicy option as well. Um, you know, someone that you could possibly bring in after round thirteen if you don't want to bring him in now. Plays round seventeen. Oh no, it's a lie. He plays round thirteen. Bye. Bring him in now. Just, just bring him in. Um, Cardi Party. Um, yeah, still not sold, but it'll be interesting to see how he goes. What more does he need to do? Play 80 minutes. 
<laughs> my, my man is dominating. Oh, give give the kid a break. He's doing bits. All right, bring him in. Bloody oath. I've been saying it for weeks. <laughs> love that uh, you jump on this, Bermo. Absolutely not, love that. Not sold, but, um, you know, it's just my opinion. Just my man's opinion. It's just no, me, right. Tom. It's fine. I, I'd agree with you, but then we'd both be wrong. Yeah. Oh, don't do that to me. <laughs> Sorry, man. Um, anyway, that's that's my two cents for this Parramatta squad. I um yeah. In to sum up, the back five and Moses gone big. Nice. There cool. you go. Daniel, do you want to add anything? Nah, I'll I'll leave it at that. Um, and I'll start talking about the Warriors. I think a lot of people um have brought in Reese Walsh over the last few weeks, and obviously seeing him being. Um, relegated to the bench is kind of a bit disappointing, but for some, uh, for some, it's kind of uh, I I wouldn't say good, but good to see that he's still in the team. I guess because I guess Nathan Brown could have just gone and just dropped him completely, but decided to keep him in the squad and try to use him somewhere. Even he admitted that he didn't know how to use him um, in the the presser after the game. So uh, it's good to see that he's trying to figure out where he's best suited in this Warriors squad. But it means that he's not going to be getting rid of Harris Tavita. Um, or Nicarima that easily from this squad. Uh, speaking of those two, though, Nicarima and Harris Devita both had very good scores on the weekend. Um, they got 70 and 66, respectively. Uh, Harris Devita still had two tries in that 66, but played quite well. Had 190 kick meters to his name and a few tackle busts and um, turnover tackles, which kind of boosted his scores. So uh, he still would have probably got around a 45 to a 50, which is good coming back from an injury. But um, yeah, I think if you, you held him, you're kind of happy that he's scoring, those, making those scores again, um, getting a couple more price rises. Nick Arima, um, he's been very up and down recently, and I think with Walsh in the team, I'm not sure what to make of it. Obviously, he went really well and got a 70, but uh, you never know what's going to happen there. Could go back down to scoring 40s or 30s because he is quite up and down as a half, and they're not sure how they're using um, Walsh yet. So those kind of three being their kind of playmaking halves, I'd be a bit worried about picking up any of them at the moment. It's just kind of a wait and see to w- see which two kind of um, stick it out. I think Walsh is going to fit in there somewhere. And I think most of us are thinking Nick Arim is probably going to go to hooker or even a number 14 role and be that utility player. Um, but it's still, yeah, up in the air at the moment. Tohu Harris has been very good, scored another try on the weekend, got 73, and Josh Curran still just ticking along, getting those price rises, got a try on the weekend, probably was was only going to get about a, a 45-ish, I think, until he got that try. So, um, yeah, good to see that he's getting um, big scores and those price rises still ticking along. The main one, I guess, is that Tshek kind of had a rough game, only got 24, um, didn't really have a lot in the way of attacking, attacking stats, made a lot of meters, but... Just didn't quite, you know, wasn't on the end of those, um, I guess, the like those six tackle options. So, um, yeah, a bit rough for him. But I, I want to say he's a hold, but it's getting, yeah, suspiciously close to a, a sell at the moment. Um, I might have to make my mind up at the end of the pod to see where I fall there. So um, wait and see, listening to, for that. I think I still keep thinking about Reese Walsh and how he's going to be used in this squad. Do you boys think he will get used at fullback at all, or do you think they're only going to try to push him into the halves, if anywhere? Um, I, can, I can see him coming off the bench. Um, whether he gets time in the full and fullback role um, remains to be seen. But you know, I, I still don't think he plays eighty um, in any position. Um, don't know if you were going to say the same thing, Tom. Go ahead. 
Yeah, no, I tend to agree. I just think I think if they're if they're giving up on the season and they're saying, "Yep, rebuild year," then then you know we're not trying to win, then they'll bring him in. But I think they're still because that top eight's still so wide open. I just think I like RTS is one of the best fullbacks in the world, and like Reese Walsh, a gun. Don't get me wrong, but I think you've got an established six and an established seven. So I just think I just think you you bring Reese Walsh off the bench for for, for mine. Unless you say the season's over, let's try a bunch of different stuff. Let's see what works and all sort of stuff. But yeah, I just think yeah. while the uh, while the the top eight's still so open, I think Reese Walsh yeah, probably still comes off the bench. Yeah, I, I don't know. He's 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 such a good player. Like when he came on for the game, they were obviously just copying an onslaught from Manly. Um, I think Manly still scored two tries, none to none of his fault at all. I think he made a tackle on Morgan Harper before he uh, threw it out to Jason Saab and. Um, I think it sucked in Mamalo or someone like that, um, unfortunately, to try to help him. But um, I don't think that were any fault of his own. And then that last 15 minutes, he got a try and a try assist and looked very dynamic and looked like he was doing a lot in attack for the Warriors and nearly got them over the line in the end if um, they scored in the corner, if it wasn't for bloody Jason Saab. Um, but yeah, I don't know. He looks like he creates a lot more opportunities than... Nicarima and Harris Tavita do. That's my thing, and that's why I think he might eventually I, get a start this year. I hear you, but my logic is that Nicarima and Harris Tavita are going to be the set six and seven when he plays fullback. So why muck around with that spine now and and ruin you know more time for Harris? Because you've got to remember Harris Tavita's only played twenty three games of first grade, twenty five games of first grade. You know what I mean? So let let Nicarima and, and Harris Tavita develop their partnership for now. Because, I mean, Walsh is going to play there next year, so there's, there's no rush and there's no need to ruin the, the dynamic of um, uh, Nicarima and Harris Devita. And you've got Roger Tuvasek, who's, you know, a world beater. So, yeah, for mine, I just think I just think bench. Yeah. But I take your point. I completely take your point because he is silky and he looked so good when he came, when he came on. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Yeah. I honestly thought the game that he played at 5-8, um, compared to that first game where against he played the cows, back. Yeah. yeah, he played every a lot time better. he touched it as a yeah. cows fan. Every time he touched it, I was nervous. <laughs> yeah, he like, played I, a lot better I, than he did at fullback. Yeah, yeah, you just watch him. You're just like, this kid needs his hands on the ball. Like he's just, yeah, I don't know. He's just, yeah, looks all time for mine. Yeah, look, I'm happy um, he's on the bench this week. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> Very fair. Um, all right, boys, let's move on to uh, anything you want to touch on in that game anymore. You're good. Nah, happy. Beautiful. Let's get on to Storm and Dragons. Now, this one's an interesting one um, with uh, a bunch of changes um, for the for the Storm. Uh, Brandon Smith uh, has been suspended. Uh, Harry Grant's out with a hamstring, and Cam Munster is out as well. Uh, little Parpy's named in the reserves, but may play, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Riley Jack's named at 5'8". Kenny Bromwich, the big dog, named at hooker. Um, Tui Kamakamitha shifts to the second row. Uh, Dale Finucane, um starts at lock. Tyson Smoothie, Tom Eisenhut uh, into the bench. Uh, for the Dragons, Michaeli Ravalawa returns from suspension uh, in place of Matt Finai, uh, while uh, Poasa Farmasili um, comes in for Junior Amone. Uh, and that's the team. So there's a few interesting ones. I don't know how much uh, how much you know relevant fantasy chat there, there, there's going to be out of these changes. They all seem to be sort of one-off changes, but yeah, boys, let's get into it. Um, Daniel, why don't you fire away? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll touch on the storm for now. Um, like, like you said, lots of changes and probably not all fantasy relevant or people you'd look to. Uh, Nico Hines had a pretty good game last week, but he could be displaced this week um, with 
Pappenhausen coming back, and obviously he wasn't going to be there forever. He might go back to being that bench utility, though. Um, obviously, still wait and see on that, but um, definitely not a wasn't a pickup by any means, um, Nico Hines. But uh, when Pappenhausen comes back in, it's going to be a boost for a lot of teams. I know, I think it was still 40-odd percent have him or something like that. Uh, 31% still have Pappenhausen. So there was a few people um, that did sell him, but uh, most teams will be pretty happy that he comes back and hopefully he comes back this week. Um, outside of that, Riley Jacks into the halves for Munster. Not anything to look into there. He's Riley Jacks has always been that uh, very steady hand to just to chuck into a role when uh, Craig Bellamy's needed him. So um, he's generally good and he won't take away from this Storm squad uh, at all. He'll basically pick up where Munster left off, probably not as a dynamic in attack, but definitely very good as a, a solid halfback. Um, Kenny Bromwich, it's a number nine, is very, very interesting. I know he's played there as a fill-in player before, um, but I, I don't know what to make of it, really. I don't honestly don't know if he's going to get better scores or worse. Um, he'll, he'll obviously get more tackles than he does from an edge, but um, he probably won't be, you know, running onto any cutout passes from... Um, or passes from Hughes or Riley Jacks, I guess, from now on. So, well, for this game anyway. So I don't know if his scores are going to go up or down. I don't think many people have him anyway. But, um, yeah, pretty interesting having him there at nine and Felice Kafusi and Tui Kamakamika taking a... Oh, Kamakamika taking the edge spot for him. Um, Finucane into the starting squads. Uh, interesting. Finucane's always been a, a quite a good scorer when he gets 80 minutes at... Uh, at number 13 in the lock role there. I don't know if he will get 80 because Nass is on the bench. Um, but still one to kind of look at there long-term. I know that Brendan Smith will be back probably next week. Is it just a, what was the, what was the, the ruling on Brendan Smith? Is it a shoulder charge? Gone shoulder for a charge? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's not going to be long-term. Most likely Brendan Smith comes back into that number 13 role. And I assume that's where he's going to be long-term for the storm if he signs with them again. Um, but yeah, then again, who knows what's going to happen there. Um, that's probably it, I'd say, here. Christian Welch has been okay for them, not um, amazing. He only got a, a 39 on the weekend, probably still a sell if you're still holding on to him, which I think about 6% of teams are. So, um, yeah, that's about it for this Storm team. Yeah, right. We'll move on to the Dragons. Not heaps of fantasy-relevant chat from these boys. Um Jack Bird still keeping his price rises ticking along with um, you know, a fifty every other week, which is um good to see. Um Bent Hunt's fast losing some cash. I don't think he don't remember what he scored, but it was um a little underwhelming for mine. Uh, a quick look to see what he scored, Ben. Wait, didn't he score like a sixty? Uh we went down to thirty price. He went to thirty wow. Um thirty K in price. He scored a sixty four. Actually, there you go, I was wrong. But um yeah, still still losing some cash. He's down now at six eighty nine, so that's an interesting um interesting prospect as a as a cheeky Julie as well. Potential pick up there. Don't mind that actually. Um don't know if he's gonna play Ogen. could very well come into that um that squad as a utility and you know I'd see it's it's hard to see what's gonna happen there with Brumo, KP, Harry Grant, Reed Marnie, um and Ben Hunt all all fighting out for those, you know, set positions. So and uh, and Tyson Gamble, and Tyson Gamble. My <laughs> apologies, Tyson. Um, Lots of good utility options there. At, yeah. At, so at 
Ben Hunt, not a bad, not a bad option to bring in though. Um, regardless, Andrew McCulloch, yeah, hitting his consistent. I think it was fifty three or so. Um, so he's ticking along nicely. Josh McGuire, actually, big minutes from him. Um, unfortunately, still affecting Daniel Alvaro, who's a big old sell. But Josh McGuire, if he keeps getting um big minutes, could be a point of difference. Uh, if you really wanted to wanted to invest, um. Invest in him. He's at 641k. Let's have a look at the scores. I think he scored a, yeah, 53 from 72. Played 80 the week before, 59, 57. Well, yeah, he's playing big minutes. He's looking like he's going to play around 60 to 80 minutes um, and scores at least a 50 pretty much every week. So um, not a terrible option there. Um, the week he scored a 67, he had a, a few more tackle breaks than normal, but that's about it. He's got the same amount of tackles pretty much every week. Um, so, question for you then, Moon. He's yeah. 30k more, Josh Maguire, than Jake Trebojevic. No, nah, Jobo's the way to go. In a rising team, in like Manly, Manly looks so good on the front foot these days with um, Turbo and that squad, that Jobo would be still my pick there. There you go. Just wanted to confirm. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm standing by it. If you haven't <laughs> figured that out already. Um, but yeah, look, that's probably all I wanted to mention in this... Um, in this Dragons team, um, probably wouldn't really be going near, you know, people like Mass Fagai. I, I, I don't think that he scored a 50 odd, I think, um, from a trial to, um, good to see, but don't think I'd still be going there for my fantasy picks. Um, that's, that's about it for me. Beautiful. Um, all right, boys, final game, uh, Titans and Panthers. Who knows what's going to happen with this game? I mean, I do. Pets are going to win by lots. Um, basically, for the for the Titans, uh, they're the same team as last week, pending um, David Fafita, whether or not he gets suspended. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Katie Catewell out um, with a failed HIA. Liam Martin um, starts in the back row. Jermaine Hopgood makes his Hopgood Hopgood makes his uh, debut uh, on the bench. Um, that's it, Mooney. Far away, mate. Keep keep going. Yeah, we'll start with us talk about the Panthers. Um, look, much like last week, I think you know the amazing stat from the Panthers last week was all but two players had over a hundred run meters. I think, and one of them was um, Appy Corusau, who ran from twenty-one meters. And why would you need to if you're pumping it up to your to your front rowers who are going to run for hundred, hundred and fifty meters? So, um, yeah, again, they're they're steamrolling defenses here, and I, I can see it happening again. Dave Fafita fighting his band tonight. If Dave Fafita's out, um, uh, I suppose Jamie Jolliffe comes in and plays um, plays in the second row, perhaps. And, yeah, wow. I don't know who runs at him. Billy Kickow or Liam Martin. They're both as bad as each other. I think they're <laughs> going to run it, crash over a few, for a few tries here. Um, could see, can see a big old cricket score being, um, being put on. So, um, you know, you'll see the likes of Cleary, obviously, Dylan Edwards, Brian Toto. But it's hard really not to single anyone out. This this whole team looks is impressive, um, fantasy wise starting thirteen, um in particular, and everyone's just as um just as big a threat to score a try. Um, so who knows? Yeah, Panthers Panthers is one of those teams. It's hard to talk about them each week when they're the exact doing the exact same thing every single week. The team doesn't yeah. change all that much. Um, they're going to get you points no matter what most of them are. So, um, 
I think the main one, I guess, Moon, do you want to talk through Momorowski? What do you reckon is going to happen with him? He's named amongst the reserves, I guess, coming back from injury. Yeah, oh, Matty Burns is way too good to drop him, I guess. And they've got something going there with um, him and Jerome Luai. And, um, yeah, I, I think that, unfortunately, as good as he is, Paul Momorowski probably sits on the reserves, um, probably plays 18th man for, you know, a little while uh, until someone gets injured and he gets, uh, gets a gig again. Um, you reckon he's a sell? Yeah, I do. Um, I, I think he's going to struggle to come back into this team. Um, again, you're, you're holding him pending an injury. So, um, and I wouldn't be too too hopeful of that, obviously. So I would be selling him. Uh, if you haven't already, obviously, um, I would be. Because you're just going to hold him in the hope that he... Oh, look, worst comes to worst, he plays. He's 18th man, comes on like the last 20 minutes and scores... Uh, let's say he scores really well at 20 and 20 minutes he's going to lose money. So you may as well cash out while he's high um, and considering he's not going to start again. That's the way I see it anyway. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, talking to the, I guess, the Titans now. Um, yeah, I, there's there's just two main players and I've talked about them every week because I have no idea where I stand with them. It's Brimson and Fogarty. So Brimson, again, just scored awesome this weekend. Um Got away with a 46, uh, even though it might not seem like an awesome score for him. He didn't exactly do too much in attack. He had a line break and a try assist, and the rest of it was basically from his uh, running meters. So uh, got a 46 with very limited uh, attacking stats, stats, which normally he would run away with like a 20 um, in recent weeks. But um, this week, yeah, he's the last two or three weeks, he's been really pumping out good keeper-level winger fullback scores. Uh, and I want to pick him up because he is so cheap. He's still only 550k. Um, I guess he's priced around the same as Tedesco, though, at the moment. So it's kind of, do you get both or do you only get one? Obviously, you go Tedesco first, but he's one of those players that's kind of sitting at that price point and could be an, a, a genuine gun if he keeps consistent, but that's still um, yet to be seen considering his start to the season where he, you know, had very, he was involved in games, but he just didn't, didn't translate to fantasy as well as you'd like. So um, one to keep on the radar in Brimson as he could be a cut price gun at the moment and definitely a good pot option if you want to have someone different uh, as your winger fullback because everyone's got the likes of Teddy and Turbo. Um, Fogarty as well is in a very similar boat. He's had some very good scores recently as well. He got a came away with another 69 um, nice. on the weekend. Very nice indeed. Um a lot of that was down to his kick meters. He got up over 400 kick meters again, uh, 456 to be exact, which is huge from him. He normally hovers around the 350 to 400 mark. So the more kick meters, the better for Fogarty. That's just base stats that he doesn't always get, I guess. But if he can keep getting 400 kick meters a game, he's going to keep scoring 60 plus because he, he tags, tags along with that, his goal kicking, his tackles, um, and even runs the ball a little bit as well when he can. So uh, generally, if the Titans are playing well, um, Fogarty's going to be benefiting for that. And from the last three weeks, he's got three scores in the mid-60s. So Fogarty looks like a genuine buy at 640k. I think he's there amongst the the Mitch Moses in terms of good cut price halves, and he's definitely a pot option at only 3% ownership. So I'd say they're the two big ones from this team. 
Obviously, you want the kind of players in the likes of Tyron Peachy it's in your centres, especially with him getting just bulk tackles and ball playing through the middle there for the Titans. Gets a lot of stats and a lot of points from it, although he didn't do great on the weekend. Um, David Feeder, obviously, you want him and Tino. The sooner you can sell him, we've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks um, outside of when he was suspended. But yeah, um, the sooner you can get him out of your team, the better. That's about it for these boys. Do you guys have anything else? No, I think you covered it. No, yeah, that's that's about it for me. I reckon. That's it, boys, then. boys. That's all. That's all the games. It's going to be a lot of magic, boys. Magic round. It's going to be some absolute crackers. I reckon. Could be some oh. massive scores. Um. Yeah. Now, boys, I do. Uh, I do have a few questions. Uh. Actually, you know what? Let's uh. Let's go. Let's go buy, sell, holds before I before I get into the questions. Uh, Mooney, have you got a buy, a sell, and a hold for us? I do. Um, I do. So my buy this week, um, I've said Tyson Gamble is a buy. Um, a lot of people, including myself, are looking for players to cash down to. And I suppose the three options that stand out for me are Tyson Gamble, potentially Sean Bloor, risky, but I don't mind it. And Corey Howard and Ira, if you haven't got him already. Tyson Gamble, um, yeah, is probably the one I'm going for this week, considering I said Harry and Ira last week. And I assume that everyone listened to me and got him in. So Tyson Gamble's the way I'd be going there as my buy. My hold is going to be Connor Watson. Um, yeah, still potentially going to get more than 40 minutes this week. Uh, I wouldn't be stressing and pulling the panic, um, pushing the panic button on him um, this week. So yeah, would would happily hold. And my sell is Momorowski. Lovely. Daniel? Righto. Um I'm going to say my buy this week is Teddy. I think his break-even's at 86, but he's playing the Cowboys this week, so definitely could go big uh, with Lamb and Walker there. Someone else has got to pick up the, a bit of the slack as well. So Tedesco will probably be doing a bit of ball playing, running at the line a bit more as well. So, um, yeah, Tedesco is a genuine uh, buy this week and could go big as well, could be even a captaincy option. Um a hold this week is, I'm going to say, Simpkin. I know a lot of people are a bit unsure because he got dropped, but I, I still think anything could happen with this Tigers team. The Knights could come out, like I said, put 50 on them, and then the whole team gets shaken up again. So uh, I would hold Simpkin for a week or two just to see how it plays out there at the Tigers. Um, and my sell is Cameron Munster. He's only out for a couple of weeks, but um, he's got a huge price tag, and there's some other players that are probably a bit more consistent than he is. Um, I know a lot of people think he's a keeper, but I still don't see um, him as an out-and-out keeper in, in when the likes of uh, Moses and um, Fogarty and stuff like that are around. So there's better halves out there. Um, and I would, yeah, sell him. Lovely. Well done, boys. Um, all Wait, right, Bermo, what's your, what's your buy-hold sell? No, not my job, mate. Not my job to do it. Too hard this week. <laughs> Didn't want to do it. I host. You guys answer the questions. <laughs> Love that. Um, boys, now I've got some questions. Now, Mooney, I'll fire to you first, mate. I'll get your answer on this one. So this question comes from Joe. Uh, Joe wants to know, do you recommend picking up Turbo or trying to upgrade players or save trades? Currently have 21 trades and should be able to find a, uh, field a team, but I'm dropping places fast. Now, I'm not too sure if you, if you can see Joe's team in front of you. You should have access to it as well. But, uh, yeah, just some general advice if you if you wouldn't mind, mate. Um, yeah, look, I do have Joe's team in front of me. Um Oh my god! Um, yeah, look, if you can get Turbo in, that'd be great. I can see your wing of fullbacks at the moment, just for everyone out there: James Tedesco, Little Parfy, and K 
KP. You've also got Dan Laurie in your reserves. Um, Turbo's looking like he's going to be an absolute weapon um, keeper, and he's considering he's only around 600 and a bit K. Um, if you can bring him in, great. Um, but it's a little bit more depth for your team as well, considering you can start once Little Puppy. Assuming if Little Puppy comes back this week, you have KP, Puppy, Teddy playing, and um, Turbo sitting in your reserve. So that's going to be a nice scoring player for you. So I don't mind that at all. Uh, if you can just get away with that one trade this week, then that also helps to save trades. Um, I'm okay with just that one. Um, that's probably the way I'd approach that situation. Yeah, look, I kind of agree with you. I mean, if you can if you can get in Turbo, because you probably should, I guess you've got, like you said, you've got Turbo, uh, Little Pappy and Ponga. They're your three definite uh, winger fullbacks for the rest of the, the year, as long as they stay fit. Um, and then you have Turbo there as your, your reserve or probably your bench in this case, um, just in case there is an injury and you need someone there. So definitely get in Turbo if you can. And that'll, yeah, like you said, save your trades in the future because you won't need to really move around your winger fullbacks at that point. Uh, you've got the likes of Sini and Walsh and Laurie on the bench there. You'll probably be offloading them eventually anyway. Laurie, you could possibly trade Laurie to Turbo this week, um, depending on uh, if you think Laurie will meet his break-even. I think his break-even's in the 40s this 40 week. Yeah, 41 yeah. this week, I think it is. Yeah, because he's had a couple of rough uh, rough scores. So if you don't see him hitting that, then it might be time to offload Laurie and upgrade to Turbo. Um, yeah, especially if you want to stop dropping in rankings, you probably need to get some of these big players um, in. And yeah, it looks like you're you're going to struggle this week without uh, a decent centre. So you probably need to make a double trade this week and get a decent centre in um, to take Momorovsky's spot there. So uh, that'll be someone to trade out and look for upgrading that centre to someone like... a. Who is saying Tyron Peachy or something like that as well, if you have the cash? She's got Tyron Peachy in her mids. I'd move Peachy down into your centres and bring in a cheap mid. Personally. Yes. There you go. Maybe a Jake Trebojevic? Yeah, love it. Love <laughs> it. Please do it, Joe. <laughs> there you go. Well done, boys. Um, okay, next question. Uh, would you trade uh, Munster for Moses as we approach Origin? That comes from Damo. Got two questions from Damo. Yes, Me? that's yeah. a, that's a Daniel. straight up yes. I, I think I said that just before. Um, Moses to Munster makes sense um, for me. Moses. Sorry, Munster to Moses makes sense to me. Um, yeah, I, Moses isn't going to play Origin. He's going to be playing during the buy rounds. Obviously not the round 17, but he'll play the first buy round. Um, so yeah, get him in. Um, yeah, I've always been a little sceptical in trading up keepers, and I think Cameron Munster's probably like you know a keeper if you can't trade anyone else to bring in Moses then yeah look I don't mind I don't love this trade but um I'll I'll guess I'll I'm gonna sit on the fence Jesus aren't I my butt hurts from sitting on the fence um yeah well, like no, fence. you know what I kind of don't like <laughs> I know I'm just gonna jump off the fence quickly I, I don't love it Damo um I don't like trading out Cameron Munster I would look elsewhere if you've got someone else you can trade why you don't even Oh, yeah, I suppose you don't have a half. If you, if you don't have a Schuster to place Phil, I suppose you can bring in Moses. If you've got someone else, you can trade out. Otherwise, I would probably bring in some uh, someone else if you can, or, or even um, hold the trade if you don't need to make them. It's tied into the next question. It depends uh-huh. if you need. If you, it depends if you think Munster is a, a season-long keeper. Like that's the main question. He does score quite well, but at the same time, he can be a bit unpredictable, and he does play Origin, so. That's the main thing that's stopping me from saying he's a definite keeper when there's players that have a maybe a five-plus point average higher than him in the same role and will play more games. That's why I'm 
going for a definite yeah. sell on Munster. I, I, I do get where you come from. It depends on your team depth here a little bit. Um, but I'm going to say I'm going to stick with no. I don't love that trading out Cameron Munster, personally. Yeah. Fair enough. Ties into the next question then. Um, thoughts on uh, Robertson Munster to Arthur's Taumalolo or Arthur's Moses? So I guess we there's a there's a bit to... Um, but also, you know, needs a gun forward. So there's a little bit to unpack there. Again, you boys have that that team list um, for Damon in front of you, not so the stuff as well. But uh, Daniel, I might get your thoughts first. Yeah, out of those two, I prefer Arthur's Moses, but I really don't like that you're trying to trade in Arthur's. He's, um, like we said earlier with the Broncos team, Tessie News there in the reserves and could easily go into the centres there and Arthur's is straight out of the team, so you don't really want to waste a trade. And Stag's there. still to come back too. Yeah, exactly. He's still only got, what, he's four weeks away, I think, four or five weeks away. So Yeah, um, I think that they said he's pretty close. Very worrying signs there. Um, probably won't go for any of the, the Broncos centres unless you're getting... Herbie Farnworth, because he's probably going to hold that spot. Um, yeah, definitely better centers to go for as well. And even, I don't think there's many cheapy centers around other than maybe a bird, but even then he's priced up a bit um, now. So yeah, you're probably going to go straight for a keeper. And I think probably with most people, the amount of trades most people have probably don't want to be trading in centers unless they're keepers at this point in time. What do yeah, you look, looking at... Um this at the moment you could splurge a little bit more <laughs> bring in my boy gerbo and um that's you know a little bit cheaper for you in your mid option and then you can splurge you can spend probably 400k on your um on your center and let's just have a quick honestly look see who's around that 400k oh actually Stephen Crichton. i wonder how how expensive is he at the moment because he isn't a terrible option he might be 450 or so um yeah, he's only four ninety at the moment. He's still decently expensive. Yeah, um, but he's on the up. There's not many centers out there at the moment. I think Stephen Crichton's probably the cheapest keeper center there is at the moment. Um, they're all around the four ninety mark, actually. Stephen Crichton, Jack Bird, and even Jake Avarillo—they're all four ninety k. So um, you're probably not going to get many one, many one less than that that'll going to score well. Brian Kelly, he's at 429, is probably the cheapest, the best option. Um, yeah. It's a big call. Got to hope that he goes good for the rest of the season. Yeah, look, he's he's been all right in the last few seasons and he hasn't been um, terrible. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it's a point of, point of difference as well. He's in 1.3% of teams. Don't mind it. Um, but if you can spend... Jeez, it's a hard question. Um, you know, if we go back to your original one and you had through one of those two trades and you sold on Jesse Arthur's, I would probably bring in Moses, considering that Lolo... No, I know I talked him up, and I would love to see him go big. Um, the potential for him not to go big and um, still lose a little bit more cash, um, you know, is there. So bring in Moses and Arthur's, I think, is probably the better of those two trades and gets rid of James Roberts, which is huge. That's great. I think if you had to do one of those two trades and you sold, but don't yeah. like Jesse Arthur's. Yeah, if you're set on those trades, that's probably the probably the way to go. But, I mean, looking at your team, you can you could look to move Schuster into your halves um, and bring in, like, a, a Jake Trebojevic because then you can move Crichton from your mids to your edge as well. Um, or you could even bring Jordan Ricky straight in from your from your bench. So there's a few things you can do there to kind of move around your team and save on trades. But if you need points, which it kind of looks like your team does because you've got a lot of players out this week, then you might need to yeah pick up some big scorers. 
Lovely gentlemen. Um, look, that's it for all the questions we've got. I do want to get your thoughts. Who do you reckon's top scoring uh, this week, boys? Mooney, I'll get your thoughts first. Who's top scoring? Um, Dylan Edwards, I think. Uh, no way! I, I was going to say that. Oh my actually, god! Oh, well, it's <laughs> what are the chances of that? Where are we? Yeah, I back it. Dylan Edwards has gone big. Yeah, okay. Well, there's our answers. Daniel, what do you reckon? <laughs> um, I'm going to say Jaden Braley. I More from a hope point of view, because I really want them to do a number on the Tigers. But um, yeah, Jaden Braley. I'll, I'll be different. I won't copy him. I'll say Mitch Moses with Dill Brown out. Yeah, fair. Ooh, good call. Boys, that's all i got for you. Any uh, Anything else you want to touch on? No, mate, keen for a magic round. Yeah, it's going to be going to be a, a cracker, I reckon. Well done, boys. Love your work. And I'll um, speak to you at the end of the magic round, hey? Thanks, mate. Well done, Thanks, mate. Cheers, boys. Thanks, everyone, for listening to another episode of the Footy Brains podcast. Stay tuned for our magic round review coming next week.